Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, we are live. Everyone, as you're just tuning in, welcome to another live episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. I have a special guest today from New York City, Natalia Morozovall. Welcome so much. Thanks so much for coming and joining me today. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. So we'll just want to jump right into this and tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, a little bit about your story, which I know a little bit about, and uh, how you started your firm. Oh, boy. Um, So uh, our firm, we do exclusively immigration, all types of different types of immigration firm. Um, Our story is actually pretty cool. Uh, The firm uh, was um, started in 1964 by Mr. Cohen. And uh, through the years, obviously, I wasn't the founding partner. Hopefully, <laughs> that's clear. Um, I took over the firm in 2019 uh, when the Mr. Cohn and Mr. Tucker were ready to retire. So we kind of just brought in some new blood, new ideas, new stuff into the firm. But we stayed 100% um, exclusively immigration. Excellent. Well, uh, give me a little bit about you know your background uh, because uh, you yourself you know had to go through that process and, and immigrate into the country uh, if I if I read correctly. I did, I did. So um, if you could tell by my accent a little bit, I am an immigrant. Um, I was a kid when I came here, but my family did go through the whole immigration process. Um, I don't know how much it influenced me in going into immigration. It wasn't specifically my intention to do so. I kind of just fell into it, but I come to love it. It is uh, one of the most diverse, the most um, dynamic areas of law. Sometimes things come out twice a week, you know, so there's always something new happening. You get to meet a lot of different people. Um, so I, I really, really enjoy it. Well, uh, so speaking of, you know, the, the people you work with, the clients you work with, what, what would you say are some of the challenges that they are faced with uh, when you begin to you know, have those first conversations with them? Oh, boy. So that's actually a very interesting question. So we do, uh, we do um, both business immigration, uh, which is you know, when people want to invest and have a visa to come and stay here in the U.S., or when um, big corporations hire lots of people and they need kind of outside talent. Um, so the challenges with those clients are very different from people who are here, what's called a family immigration, when they're trying to get their status in order based on having a relative here. Um, so the challenges that they face are very, very different. Obviously, when we deal with the business immigration, and it's, it's all numbers and business plans and, you know, big meetings and let's jump on a Zoom call at 9 p.m. But when we deal with people who are coming here to um, be with their families or people who are applying for asylum, it is very different dynamic because there's a lot of trauma involved. So um, there's a lot of intimate personal conversations when people want to see you face to face. So we have been very good at being able to kind of switch back and forth between the two. Excellent. Okay. Well, that's, uh, I, I guess I could understand the difference with that. And actually, um, 
my wife's actually in recruiting and, and deals with kind of the employment side and, you know, the larger contracts, companies trying to, you know, hire, you know, employees from other, uh, other countries that they're, you know, so I could see that being completely different than, you know, I'm, my family's here and I can't come here and I'm dealing with this, this situation. So. So your wife would be one of the people we would be dealing with who are not necessarily, um, immigrants themselves would deal with a lot of hiring managers and a lot of okay. uh, accountants and like financial documents when it goes with the business immigration a lot of it has to do with like highly specific financial stuff but then we switch over to the family asylum stuff and it's mostly we do with a lot of uh, psychological evaluations and doctors to get medical reports and stuff like that so you get to be a part of two very different worlds. Okay, well, the, I guess the next question may have two different situations as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, okay, so you get someone that comes to you. What, what are some of the, I guess, common mistakes, maybe uh, the business or uh, the family or the, the person trying to immigrate? What are some of the mistakes they may make along the way, maybe before they talk to you or, um, or you know, what are the things that they may do that may not be in helpful yeah. to uh to you all <laughs> yeah there's actually two different answers um so when it comes to family immigration or like asylum seekers you know people who are more individual immigration their biggest mistake is that the first person they talk to is not going to be an attorney it's going to be uh, one of those like immigration services um, for anybody who's ever been to like a big city los angeles new york um, in New York City, there's a lot of these little storefronts that will say, like, we'll process your visas, we'll do immigration services. So the biggest problem is that they go to people who are not actual attorneys or who are attorneys who don't have a lot of experience, don't have a lot of reviews. And the biggest problem that we see is being able to fix, fix mistakes that were made before the person came to us. So that is, like, the biggest issue, right? Gotcha. Uh, when it comes to business, uh, the clientele is a lot more sophisticated in terms of dealing with lawyers, right? So if it's a big corporation, chances are they have an in-counsel or an off-counsel. They, they're a lot more prepped. There's a lot more meetings before they even decide to go with us. So we see a lot, a lot fewer mistakes. Um, the only mistake, of course, we see is if when it's a big corporation and they kind of try to have their in-counsel do the work that should really be outsourced to somebody who does this day-to-day. -day. A lot of nuances. Uh, gotcha. So they might have uh, someone in counsel, but they're not maybe familiar with immigration law. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. So somebody who read the dummy guide or go-to and they try to do it themselves. But once <laughs> the information is in, sometimes it's kind of hard to go back and fix it. You know. Oh, okay, gotcha. So it might be hard to un undo what they did. Yeah, we do a lot of fixing here. <laughs> and we do that too. Um, yeah. Excellent. Well, both great answers, and I, I assume there would be two two different answers to that question as well. Um, and all these might have two different answers uh, based on how you guys operate. But um, okay, next question: um, How do you go about getting new clients? So uh, I assume different for business. Uh, versus individuals, but uh, what do you guys do to get in front of your potential, uh, the person looking this in search 
and I guess again, maybe two different answers for the for business versus individuals. But what uh, what do you guys do? Oh, that? I'm gonna surprise you. It's actually pretty much the same answer okay. <laughs> for both. Okay, so uh, of course we have an advantage because the firm is so old. Like our phone number has existed since the late '70s, so it's been around for a very very long time. So of course there's a lot of repeat business. There's word of mouth. There are satisfied customers who then go and tell you know their friends and their family or you know sometimes people at parties sometimes their accountants um in terms of uh, getting new clients we do have um, online presence i discovered that especially during covid that was extremely important uh, we put a lot of effort into our website we're constantly adding content to that and we're actually uh, working on a new project. We're going to launch a YouTube channel. So wow, do. that's excellent. Thanks. Uh, exciting. <laughs> I'm not used to this much exposure. But uh, <laughs> I guess what I did is I started doing a micro step. I started uh, doing a weekly on Thursdays. I just go in front of a camera on Facebook Live and I talk about immigration updates. You know, I talk. At first, I was talking to the audience of like one person, right? And then. <laughs> week after week slowly our clients started catching on and i'll go and i'll just talk for 20 to 30 minutes about a topic that's on my heart and then we're trying to take that and then launch an actual youtube um channel that's i hear lots of people on youtube yeah well i mean that's good to hear that you guys um uh, well you put effort into online presence websites i mean that's again that's that's what i look at that's what i look for that's what we help our clients with but um that you guys are investing in that and the youtube channel sounds excellent going live we're live right now so everyone watching um and and then this will yeah be on a youtube channel here soon uh once we get it edited uh, so i love i love hearing that so that's good stuff can you know and uh you know congrats on making those moves and and yeah you just got to get out of your comfort comfort zone a little bit and get out there and and talk to people and and uh your audience will start to grow so you'll start to attract more people love it hopefully so yeah Definitely yeah, outside so, of our comfort zone. <laughs> and so uh, the other question I have was kind of like, you know, is there a marketing strategy that's worked particularly well for you over the years? You, you kind of hinted towards, you know, some of it's your, your word of mouth and, you know, the, the brand's been around for a while. So um, is there been any other, any other kind of marketing efforts you've done uh, that, that have produced results, whether it be traditional or, or digital? Um, we're still exploring um, things. A lot of older attorneys, I know they love to go on um, um, newspaper or on TV, more conventional stuff. But I really believe that the future is online. Everybody I know, whether a person speaks English or doesn't, whether they've been here for five days of 20 years, they all have some sort of online presence, right? They yeah. they all can do something. And I walk around New York City and all I see is people looking down on their phones. And to me, it's like, well, this is the best marketing strategy. I got to get in there. Um, so we definitely are exploring different options. Um, we do uh, some work with Google ads. I don't necessarily find them to be the best, you know? Um, definitely putting a lot of content out there. That's what has been working for us. Whenever something new, and with immigration, you really, sometimes the news come out on a Saturday and they come out on a Saturday and we try to post it everywhere right away. And then we, when we get in into the office on Monday, we try to do a, um, um, a mass email saying like, hey, read this, 
call us if you have any questions. Um, this so far has been the best, what, what we see working, of course, you know. Yeah, that's great. Um, and getting that content out there quickly. Um, and there's, you know, there's a, way, a million ways to get content out there, but you're generating the content. And I, I think um, that and repurposing the content in other areas. So whether you post it on LinkedIn or Facebook or your website, YouTube, email newsletter, that's, that's a great way to get it out to your existing clients. So, I mean, it sounds like you guys are really doing or trying a lot of the right things. It's just, I think for every business, it's, it's kind of figuring out what works best for you. And, and, you know, it can be different for your geographic location. Uh, I assume you, uh, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta tiptoe into it for sure. Um, do you, you guys serve uh, the state of New York primarily or do you practice in other states? Well, actually, um, immigration is a federal practice, so we can practice anywhere. Uh, plus, we do a lot of international work where people okay. are located in completely different countries. Uh, that especially is uh, for business, immigration, investment visas and stuff. There are definitely people I've brought to the United States who I've never even met in person. There are corporations that we work with who are all we do is we do video chat and they're in a completely different part of the world. When it comes to family immigration, that's more centralized to New York and New Jersey because the two states are so close together. Um, funny thing is for someone to get to my office from Jersey City, it's actually a lot faster than for someone to get to my office from Long Island. So we do a lot of New York, New Jersey, um, pretty much almost half and half. Oh, wow. Okay. Excellent. So, so for the business side of things, it, it, it really, it doesn't matter where they are. So. Either way, it doesn't matter where we are. It just for localized clients who have to go to a court or have to go to immigration services for them to pay for me to travel to Ohio, Cincinnati. We do have some very dedicated clients, but sometimes for them, it just doesn't make sense. You know, uh, but for business, definitely we have corporations all over the United States, all over the world, and it makes no difference where they are. Well, that's I'm here learning stuff. That's one of the reasons I do this. So <laughs> I appreciate that. So it's not something I knew actually. Um, if oh. you practice in an individual state or if it was uh, federal, so I'm learning something. Oh, all I day. can talk about immigration all day, <laughs> all day. All right, well, I don't have any hard stops. Um, so, I mean, you, you kind of alluded towards um, this a little bit, but, you know, your future marketing strategies, it sounds like you guys are, yeah, you're going live, you're doing more content, you're, you're focused more on digital, which I'm happy to hear that. Um, and yeah, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the older firms, more traditional firms, yeah, TV, billboards, and, and newspapers, things like that. And you're completely right. I mean, if we look at all the data analytics and things like that, you know, I would say 60 to 70% of your website traffic is going to be on a mobile phone. So you got to get in front of them where they are, which could be social media, Facebook, um, or other news websites, things like that. But um, that's really the best way to get in front of these uh, folks is is through digital means. And you can track it and you can uh, you know track your ROI, return on investment as well. I actually learned uh, the hard way because our first efforts at creating a uh, website, the, uh, I guess, web developer didn't pay so much attention to the um, phone version of the website. And it actually created, you know, some problems. But now just seeing on how many people look at the website on an actual desktop versus a phone, you also kind of create strategies that you you. Um, you put forward more effort onto creating something 
user-friendly on a phone other than a website because the discrepancies is very large like yeah. i think over 70 percent from what the traffic that we're seeing and the calls that we're seeing like you can click to call on our website but we get almost no click to calls on the website through a desktop almost like eight, over 80 percent of them are coming from the phone and especially in New York City, a lot of people, New York City, New Jersey, the metropolitan areas, a lot of people do a lot of long commutes, like an hour, for example. During that hour, they're on a phone, they're researching, they're sending us, um, they're sending us uh, emails, hey, can I get a consultation? You know, all these inquiries are coming at certain times, and we're seeing that it's around lunch hours, and it's <laughs> allowed around like commutes home after the day's over. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And that's exactly how I would operate, you know, personally, if I'm looking for a lawyer or a, a service, you know, say um, it could be a, a home type service or whatever, you have that time dedicated, but you might not have in the office or if you work full time. Um, so those, you know, lunch breaks, commuting, um, and you're going to be on your phone. And so, and then when they come to your website or anything that you have online, if they can't call you quickly and easily or the website doesn't load properly, then you're going to have less likely a chance to, to get in front of that customer. So, yeah, well, seems like you got all that stuff figured out though. That's good. No, still figuring, <laughs> still figuring. It's still a very, very long way to go. I feel like I just started. I always look around and I feel like uh, I'm joining a party sometimes when everybody's already cleaning up, you know. <laughs> but um, it's very interesting and it's exciting. And when I became a lawyer, I didn't know that a lot of it is going to be centering. So much of it is going to be centering on digital stuff. I have to consent personally. I don't have any social media. I don't use it for my personal use, but it is indispensable for a business. I don't think, especially after the year that we've had, um, I don't think any business can survive without a very good, concrete, um, flexible, I think that's very important, flexible um, online presence. I don't think it's possible nowadays. Yeah, it's and um, to that point, it's it's almost like, you know, not having a business card, you know. <laughs> if, if I met you right now at a, a live event, you know, networking and you didn't have a card, you know, then I, I'd be like, all right, well, I won't be able to get a hold of you. So it's, it's, it's imperative that you have social media. It's up to date. And I like you to use the word flexible because um, before Instagram, we had Facebook and then Instagram popped up and then, you know, it took a little while before businesses got over to that platform. Now they're all on it. Now you have TikTok, you know, you have LinkedIn and Twitter. So I think, you know, for anyone listening, you really got to you got to figure out which platforms for you, which one's going to work best for your business, and then have a strategy to, uh, you know, to roll that out and to to harness it. But but yeah, people look at that and say, hey, are, are they posting? Are they are they relevant? Are they still in business? Yeah. And uh, they're going to look at your social media for sure. And then I of course like the recommendations as well. Yeah, absolutely. But I feel like Instagram for. I don't know about other law firms, but for immigration, um, we have been thinking about it for a long time. And I have to say, it's like my final frontier. You can't exactly <laughs> post. You can't exactly post a picture of someone with their green card or their passport, right? Because that's very sensitive. And then not a lot of people want others to know necessarily that they are an immigrant to this country. There are people who you would never tell, you know, that they don't have documents. So Instagram is definitely um, a little bit of a pickle for us. We're figuring it out. We have it. We haven't started. That's going to be a whole project. 
hopefully. Yeah. Well, again, I think, you know, you, you kind of have to have a strategy for each platform and figure out uh, what kind of content can you put up and uh, who you're trying to get in front of and, and how do you get in front of them. Um, but, you know, every platform has this, it, it can work. It's just a matter of figuring out a strategy that's going to work for your business. So. Good. Um, I always tell my clients that in order to get a job done right, you need to go to somebody who actually does it for a living, somebody who's a master of their trade. So I, <laughs> I, I learned myself pretty quickly that um, a lot of these things businesses need help with because you cannot be doing a good legal job and then handle all of your marketing strategy by yourself because you're not going to do a good job at either one. So um, it is very important to partner up with somebody um, who knows marketing as well as, you know, hopefully your trade. And then the two can have a very symbiotic relationship that benefits both of you, you know? Uh, absolutely. I mean, the, the clients that we work with, you know, it's a mutual relationship. We, we know if working with a law firm, we don't understand the law and their practice as much as they do. We never will. Um, so there's definitely a collaboration that's got to happen. Um, where you bring the marketing and strategy, but you it has to align with the business goals and um, you know the type of clients that they're working with, and and then where the business is going too. But no one's going to know that like like you. So it definitely requires you know both parties to work closely together to to really make it work well. So uh, and sometimes I'll tell uh, uh, if I sometimes we'll have a, maybe a prospect, a law firm uh, that maybe is smaller, but uh, having one of the partners doing the website themselves. And, uh, and I, you know, we see this a lot, actually, you will say, well, you know, what do you bill per hour? <laughs> and then, uh, they'll say, oh, you know, 200,000 or trying to get the 300,000 or, or $300 an hour. I'm sorry, 200 or, or $300 an hour. And so, you know, but you know, they're managing and building the website and spending five, 10 hours a month on, on that. So, you know, at some point it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. It really yeah. doesn't. Yeah. It really doesn't. Um, well, and I, I think like uh, yeah. website is your biggest investment as a business nowadays. Like you, you can't, you know, you can't out, you can't do it yourself because you're not going to do a great job unless you also have some sort of degree in the digital website development. That is not a good idea for sure. Yeah, it, it's come a long way. So I, when I first started uh, my business, uh, I did websites back a long time ago. It was just me and I'd build websites and that was it. And, um, you know, I eventually had to learn different ways to build websites and they got sophisticated and now there's, they're more like software. And then I had to hire people and, and build into all this other stuff. And, you know, SEO became important and ranking on Google and there's so much complexity to it now. Um, now there's some very easy tools out there and I, I do encourage if someone started, if you just started a firm today on your own, I would say, hey, try to get something together. If you can build a site yourself, that's fine. Um, that'll get you to the next step. But um, yeah, any, any of the firms that have a handful of employees or, or partners, um, it, it starts to get, you know, where you need to have it done properly because it really can, it can have an impact on your SEO. It can make your ads. You said Google ads. It can make the ads cost more. It can it can affect everything the user experience load times if it's mobile friendly or not so there's there's a ton of things that it can cost you a ton of money and 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 stunt you know your growth of your firm can can be hindered by it so you're preaching to the choir over here yeah <laughs> I bet <laughs> well thanks so much for sharing uh, what you have to share I I'm very excited for what you're doing and um, 
you know, compliment you on, you know, what you're already doing. I'd love to check out your live show. Um, other than your website, what's a, a best way for anyone listening to connect with you or check out oh. the live? Right. So I do a, a live show on Facebook Live at Thursdays at 10 a.m. Usually lasts for about 30 minutes. Um, other than that, we're everywhere. We have Twitter. We have LinkedIn. You can give us a call. You can email us. We're pretty much always available, always on the phone, and we welcome any questions, any collaborations, anything, or just if you just want to say hi, always welcome. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, I'm going to try to check that out. So um, follow you on Facebook. I uh, get the notifications for, for the lives you're going to do. Also, um, for anyone tuning in, more episodes like this um, on ArrayLaw.com, and this episode will be available uh, on LinkedIn and YouTube, and, and we'll have Natalia's episode uh, up on the podcast as well here soon, too. So please check her out. Please reach out to her, connect with her, uh, check out her show, and any managing partners also tuning in. If you have any referrals, uh, if it's immigration law is not your cup of tea, I'm sure Natalia would appreciate you reaching out, so... Thank you, Kevin, for having me. It was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much and uh, all the best. And we'll talk to you soon, everyone. Till next time, have a good day. Bye.